Evening Hot Dadout Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Data Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, V. Keeping it short today, Adam Higgins, the Odd Data Out, and this is a show where I ramble and rant and empty all of my brain contents for your listening pleasure and entertainment or whatever. And you can find me at OddDadOutPodcast.com and at Odd Data Out on all the social media places. And I'm pretty sure I did that backwards, but I don't care. Because I'm just bullshitting. Because that's what I do. That is that is the point of the show. <laughs> oh, oh. Forgive me if I'm I'm a little high. My if my voice is a little chunky today. I have I don't even know what happened. Um well sorry. First off, how are you? <laughs> I feel like I feel wrong now because so many times I, I, I start the show. I have to I have to ask how are you doing? Before I empty my brain and all of the, tell you how I'm doing, it's only proper for me to ask how you're doing. Sorry about that. But, which means you have to tell me. You know you're supposed to tell me. I ask you every week or however long. You're supposed to tell me, you know. But that's okay. I, I forgive you. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I've been, fighting this i don't even know what it is uh for like the better part of a week and a half now i guess um i originally thought i'd just come down with the cold uh boys had a taekwondo tournament uh last weekend not this like two weekends ago just after the last episode and that same night there was a movie night at the park in our neighborhood and you know we're all laying down in the grass on blankets watching a movie falling asleep because it was a long day at a tournament and you know just it was it was a busy day a lot of activity woke up that sunday morning just completely congested and coughing and sneezing and just and genuinely feeling cruddy not sick, sick. No fever, no body aches or any of that. Just stuffy and coughing and sneezing and heh. And I'm, I'm fairly sure it is actually more of severe allergies at this point. Like just really terrible seasonal allergies than actually being sick. Again, no fever or anything like that. Um, still normally functional other than the occasional coughing fit but you know other than that it's mostly okay uh we've had a lot going on this last couple weeks um besides there was a taekwondo tournament and boys it was such a great day it really was you know my boys are really competitive and so when we ever we go to tournaments there always seems to be somebody has just a, you know, a bad ring. They go into sparring matches or something like that. And they just, you know, they're, they're not the best when it comes to the combat, uh, competitions, whether it's, uh, weapons combat or, uh, traditional combat or traditional sparring or weapons combat sparring. They get really competitive. And so when they lose, they usually take it really hard. 
and usually end up pretty grumpy the rest of the time, especially if they lose in the first round. If they lose in the first round, they just, you know, they have to sit there and watch everybody else go and they just get pissy and grumpy and they just, bah. Or if their scores weren't great on forms or something like that, you know, if they just weren't having the best of days, they tend to get grumpy about it and kind of the poor attitudes, you know, but this time they all really had a great day, all of them. And usually, you know, our, our little bug, he is just, he doesn't, he's got the best attitude when it comes to tournaments. He knows he's not the best. He goes into it knowing that in his category, in his age and rank group, there's a lot of competition that he knows is better skilled than he is. And he's okay with that. He has no problem with that. He goes in and, you know, when you go to these tournaments, they tell all the kids, you know, what's the first rule? Have fun. And he takes that to heart. He goes in, he's just there to have fun, make friends, and he cheers for everybody. He he makes friends in every tournament. He looks forward to every tournament because he's got his tournament friends that he only gets to see at those times and he gets to catch up with and they get he just has a blast. He's there. He enjoys his time even when he's not doing well, even if he doesn't get any medals when we go to a tournament. He still comes out, has a great day, has fun. He has the best attitude about it every time. This time, they all really had that attitude, all four of them. Everybody was just such great sports about everything. If they didn't have necessarily the best run in a category, if, say, one of them, you know, their scores, oh, they're sitting in second place, and then somebody else comes up and just blows everyone away, and now they got knocked back to third place. Any other time, they'd all like, oh, I only got third place. Oh. And this time, it was like, like, hey, I still got a medal. And they look at their competition and realize, like, hey, you did that well. When you see some of the scores these other kids had and how great these other kids were, there was some stiff competition and you still placed. You did a great job. Or there's no shame in losing to the kids I lost to because do you see how good they were? Holy crap, they were really good. So... They, and they all had these great attitudes. And during sparring matches and, and the sparring tournaments, they were doing really great about just cheering for everybody and encouraging everybody. And even when they get knocked out and they're out of the running, they still were cheering for everybody, encouraging everybody and just having great attitudes and not getting pissy about it. It was really, it was a, just a great day for everybody. Everybody just had great attitudes, was cheering for everybody, encouraging everybody, you know, high fives all around. It was just a great day. And oddly, it was not the, as far as like tournaments and successful tournaments and how oh, we came home with a pile of medals. It really wasn't. It was actually probably I don't quote me on this. It probably was our worst tournament of the year. Honestly, when it comes to awards, we have gotten into a pretty comfortable habit for the rest of this season of coming home with just stacks of first and second place. And there were a lot more twos and threes this time. 
and just coming home with maybe one medal versus coming home with two or three or four. And there were, there were a lot fewer first place medals this time around, and they didn't seem to mind. They just had fun, and it was just a, such a great day. And like I mentioned, there was a movie in the park that was set up by our HOA. You know, there's a big, empty kind of greenbelt space up the street from us. And one of the things that was kind of promised when we moved in, one of the things that was like, oh, we're going to do these and we're going to have movie nights and we're going to do all these different events and all these different things that were promised by the builders in the HOA as kind of ideas, things to entice you to move to this neighborhood. And up to now, they kind of haven't delivered on any of it. But the new HOA board has really tried to kind of keep get into the, hey, we want to live up to the promises for all the things that, you know, we were told all these things when we moved into this neighborhood. We want to deliver on that. So we're going to do what we have to to deliver on that. So one of those things being movie night in the park. So they hired a company that does, I don't know if you've ever seen those big inflatable movie screens and they just kind of have these, you know, it's kind of what they're for is for doing like movie in the park kind of situations. And, you know, they set up their projector and they've got their little popcorn cart over on the side and you come out and roll out a blanket or, or whatever. And we loaded up our wagon because it's only about a block away for us, maybe eh, a block and a half. So we just loaded up all of, a bunch of our blankets and some couch cushions and loaded it all up into our wagon and walked up the street to the park. And they were showing the Minions, The Rise of Gru, which we've seen a million times because I have four kids and it's a Minions movie. And so, but, you know, this is right around sundown is when it started. And we'd already been up early because tournaments are in downtown Phoenix. We have about an hour drive into the city to go to tournaments like this. And so we already had a long day. We were up early getting every, like up at like seven o'clock to be there by nine, you know, to get everybody, get, get breakfast, get the car loaded up, get all their gear and everything strapped in and the wagons loaded and speakers loaded and, and all of the stuff we, you know, lunch and all of our our emergency kit because we've got like I, I think i've mentioned our backpack that we take to tournaments it's got a little um cooler compartment that we keep some of our lunch stuff in we've got a lunch box that we keep lunch stuff in and then we just load it up with snacks and and drinks and we have our first aid kit and our backup you know little portable uh, USB battery pack so we can charge our phones while we're there because you don't know our phone's going to last the day because we're going to be there all day. So we have extra cables and phones and hair ties and combs, all the, all the stuff. We just have all the stuff that we take, you know, wet wipes and Clorox wipes and all the whatever, you know, all the stuff that we carry for tournaments and got to get it all loaded up. So anyway, up early, you know, whole day of tournament and peopling and com- competitions and everything driving all the all the way back home basically come home take a small nap and re- like have our traditional little caesar's pizza and baskin robbins ice cream which we do for every tournament now it originally started with a hey one of the boys saying hey if 
I win a medal. If I play, get a medal, can I, we get ice cream? And we're like, sure, we'll get ice cream. And because I don't want to cook after a tournament day, we would always just get pizza. And well, right next to where they go to Taekwondo, there's a Little Caesars and a Baskin Robbins right next to each other. And so we just buzz over there, grab a couple of pizzas, go grab a couple of single scoop ice cream cups, go home. This is tournament, traditional tournament dinner and do it every time. And on top of that, we're like, hey, you know, and we had told the boys this movie they're doing in the park on Saturday. If you guys behave, get your rooms clean, all this stuff, we'll go and do the movie in the park on Saturday night. And we basically, with the way their attitudes were through the whole day, we were like, it doesn't even matter. Like they, their attitudes were so great. Like they earned this movie and it sucks because we were both so tired. We weren't necessarily really feeling great. Um, we're just really tired. I'd had a long work night, which is usually the case before a tournament. I mean, I, I forget there was one tournament where I think I got home at like five thirty in the morning and we had to get up at seven and they, they didn't even expect me to go. I was so tired, but I got up, I loaded everything up. I got us, you know, there, went through the whole day. We did the whole tournament. I was half dead, <laughs> but I got through it and they didn't expect me to go. They didn't expect me to be able to pick myself up to do it, but you know, I did it. It's a tournament. It's what we do, you know? Um, but you know, I, start, I go to, I work on Friday night, you know, get home at like three or four and then get, get up at seven to go to these tournaments and spend all day you know, running around convention centers and, and athletic departments and, and college gyms and whatever, where these tournaments are. It's a long day. Tournament day is a long day, but like, and I can't fault the boys for being grumpy in the end. Half the time they're just hungry and, and, and tired and ready to go home as much as we are. But nevertheless, we were very tired as we always are, but We'd agreed they earned that. They earned that movie regardless of their behavior afterwards, regardless of clean bedrooms or anything. They had earned that movie with their their attitudes that day. And it was a fun enough time. We weren't about to go and buy popcorn at the thing because, I mean, you know, it's going to be expensive as hell. And I can make a shit ton of popcorn on the stovetop a lot faster. And so I made a shit ton of popcorn and I just filled up little, you know, we've got brown paper lunch bags and I just filled up a bunch of brown paper lunch bags with fresh made popcorn. We threw them in the wagon with the blankets and, and cushions and, and moseyed on down to the park and had a nice night at the park. Of course, we're laying there in the park and we've just had a whole day of peopling at a tournament. And so when I woke up on Sunday morning feeling all bleh. My first thought was, oh crap, I either caught something from somebody at the tournament or I caught something, allergies or something laying in the grass at the park. Either one seemed perfectly plausible, but I'm still a week and a half later fighting this crud, fighting this cough. I'm, I'm Again, I'm fairly certain at this point it's just really bad allergies because it's springtime. But I've the last few days, especially, I finally was like, okay, this isn't going away. What can I take for it? And I've got some Robitussin uh, cold, I think it is. 
in the medicine cabinet and I've been taking some of that. And it seems to at least keep my, the biggest thing is the cough because I, the coughing fits suck and it's, it's managing that. But it's, it's just been really annoying because I'm so congested and the coughing fits will happen and I'm either coughing up crud from congestion or just having coughing fits from whatever or sneezing or what it's just the sucks and it's just been so long and I just could not like you know how draining it is when you get those like, just a big coughing fit and it's I'm lucky right now I'm not having it's not like chest pain it's not I'm not having the heavy coughs that I've cracked my ribs for that's the best thing right now I'm not like in a constant cough agonizing cough but you know, Robitussin is keeping it in check. <laughs> I'm not having to get the, you know, the heavy hitters out, cracking open the Tesselon or anything. It's not that bad. It's just annoying. But yeah, it's, you know, it's just draining. It, that's really it. It's draining. And uh, Rihanna's been doing a lot of overtime for work. So she's just been tapped out and I've been with all this crud. I've just, I don't have necessarily have the energy I need getting all the chores done around the house all the time. But among all of that, we, we took an opportunity to buy something that in my cooking and a home do it yourself or making all the stuffs at home, I'd been interested in buying to one degree. On the other hand, it'd have been nice to get another uh, another type of, uh, of machine. But we found it on sale. It was really hard to resist. We ordered, we bought a smoker. Like a big, not like super duper heavy duty, but we bought a nice big offset smoker. If you're not familiar with an offset smoker, it's the kind of a barbecue grill you'll see where it's got the little firebox off to one side and then you've got the big like cooking surface area so the big like cooking chamber as they call it and then the firebox and you put all your wood and charcoal or whatever in the firebox fire builds in there all the smoke and the heat like the indirect heat so you don't have fire directly under your meat like if you're cooking steaks or burgers or, or hot dogs or stuff like that you know backyard barbecue hot dogs burgers that stuff you get that direct heat where the fire, you know, you just have charcoal or wood or whatever, fire right under it cooks by the fire. Well, this is actual barbecue grill where barbecue is indirect heat. It is kind of convection. And that's how you get smoke flavor from barbecue is you have the fire off to the side with the wood that is burning and it's releasing all the smoke flavors and everything to the wood or to the wood into the meat that absorbs all that flavor and it is long and it's slow you know it is low temperatures cooking wise anyway still burning every little shit out of you but it, it is lower temperature cooking for longer whereas if i'm making burgers my grill is somewhere in the five to six hundred degree range and i cook even in my like little barbecue grill that I make burgers on I cook with mesquite and if you know anything about woods mesquite burns hot mesquite burns in that five to six hundred degree range very hot very smoky really good flavor 
if you've never cooked hamburgers with mesquite, oh, that is a whole different flavor profile I can't even describe right now. Nevertheless, I come from Southwest. In just about every other part of this country, people cook with oak and hickory and, you know, all your applewood and cherry wood, all the, the fruit woods and all of that stuff is much more common everywhere else in the meat smoking world. In the desert Southwest, primarily once you get kind of into Texas barbecue, even in some areas of Texas, they still are very oaky. But once you get into West Texas and the like New Mexico, Arizona, especially, it is all about the mesquite. And everywhere else in the country, all of the rest of the barbecue smoking world, mesquite is too strong of a flavor for it. It is very overpowering. I will say mesquite flavor is very strong and it will kick in the teeth with flavor. It is most people will say it's just too strong of a flavor to use. Most people in barbecue land will use mesquite wood as like an accent. They'll throw in a little bit of mesquite with their hickory or their oak or their apple wood or whatever to just punch up whatever it is, but they won't use it exclusively. Out here, we'll use it exclusively. You'll do an entire brisket or in in my case, I just did chicken, which I'll get to in a minute, just using mesquite. That's a big punch of flavor. Mesquite smoke is very strong flavor and it is hot as hell, <laughs> which I learned. It doesn't take but one little like softball sized chunk of mesquite in my firebox to bring my smoker from 250 degrees up to 400 degrees. It burns that hot. But this led me to one my smoker showed up almost two weeks early, which was great. It actually wasn't supposed to be here until later this week. And I got it last week and was able to put it together and use it this last weekend, which was just awesome. But it also meant I had to learn how to use a smoker because not only did I get a the most analog of analog cooking devices, a an offset smoker, which I came to learn is the most difficult type of smoker to use because there are tons of different barbecue grills that you can use to make a smoker even like a weber kettle grill there are ways to use that as a smoker they make like the big green egg smoker there's tons of electric smokers uh traeger grills and smokers you know the pedal or pellet smokers there's tons of different types of more set it and forget it <laughs> much less uh you know you have to be a pit master to use an offset i've never used a smoker in my life and i just jumped headfirst into the most difficult type of smoker that you can use because it's the one type of smoker that you have to babysit the whole time because you constantly have to be feeding this thing and managing your coals and managing your wood and your fire all the time. And 
If you've ever done any sort of barbecue, grilling, smoking of meat, you know that when I said it is low and slow, you're cooking in temperatures like 200 to 250 degrees. The highest I've seen any recipe that I've looked up was 275. That is the hottest I've seen for anything that I've seen any recipes for in all of my barbecue uh, research. And that's 275 for 10 hours, 12 hours, 15, 16 hours, depending on like by weight. If you're doing a brisket, it's, you're looking at anywhere from 10 to 16 hours. Or in the case of my uh, father-in-law's recipe, 30 hours. Yeah. He, this man basically spent a week making brisket because he would have it marinating for like 48 hours before he put it in his smoker for 30 hours. Yeah. He would literally be up all night, get up in the middle of the night to go put logs in his smoker to keep his smoker burning all night. <clears throat> and this is the standard that I have to get to. I have to work my way up to that. Um, her dad's brisket is my big end goal of this is to eventually get to a point where I can make that. I started small. This weekend, I decided, you know what? What's it going to be the most basic thing? And I've, I've looked it up because I'm a big fan. I've become a big fan of Texas style barbecue. And if you know anything about Texas style barbecue, Texas barbecue is made of three things. And most people don't think about it because again, the rest of the barbecue cooking world relies on pork. That's just it. And in Tennessee, in the Carolinas, in Kansas, all the rest of them are very pork heavy. It's all about the, the pork shoulder and pork butts and all that, and like chopped barbecue. And that's fine. That is great. And their sauces are what they are. But if you know anything about Texas barbecue, Texas barbecue is known. The big face of Texas barbecue, and I, I say this because I'm going to get to somewhere else. The big face of Texas barbecue is brisket. That's it. And when you think of like big barbecue smoked meat, it's brisket. And it is one of the most finicky and it's the trickiest thing to do because, again, you're looking at 10, 12 hours of smoking. Well, again, his is 30 hours. So working up to that. But what the, the Texans and the fans of Texas barbecue don't let out, and I'm giving away a big secret here that anybody who's a fan of Texas barbecue knows, but they just don't talk about is the actual star of any Texas barbecue plate. And you ask anybody who goes to any Texas barbecue restaurant and they will tell you this. The actual star of any Texas barbecue plate is the turkey. And I have come to learn it. I thought it was an, an anomaly. The, the place we go to get our barbecue, is there's like one good Texas barbecue place out in Arizona that we have to go to, short of I'm going to start making the shit myself. But I always thought, man, this smoked turkey is great. This is so much better than brisket or anything else. But Texas barbecue consists of three things. Side, you know, ignoring sides. It is your brisket, your turkey, and your sausage. And your sausage is apparently a unique thing to Texas as well. They are Texas hot links, which I had to discover when I tried to do sausage on our smoker this week. And it just like, why is there no flavor to this? It just, bleh. 
it's okay sausage, but it's just not the same. And I had to look it up. I was like, oh, this is a special kind of sausage that, oh yeah, you can't buy outside of Texas. You can't. You're not going to find the kind of sausage that they sell in Texas barbecue outside of Texas. I've looked it up. <laughs> Even then, it's hard to find it because you basically have to find like an old school Texas, like make it ourselves in-house barbecue place that sells their stuff wholesale outside of their restaurants. Tougher to find. So I'm probably going to have to learn how to make some Texas hot links myself so that I can have a proper sausage with our barbecue. But I'm getting there. But again, the big star is the turkey. And I will stand, swear up and down that my favorite barbecue thing is smoked turkey. And anybody who's ever had a Texas barbecue plate will tell you that that turkey is to die for. Well, it's not turkey season. I looked. You can't buy fresh turkey right now, especially not turkey breasts. It is damn hard. It is turkey hunting season, apparently. According to my wife, it is actually turkey hunting season. So you can't actually get it. They're just not harvesting turkey right now. It is not the time of the year. They're going to start probably in another couple of months. You'll start seeing turkeys getting ready for Thanksgiving and coming up to that. But right now, about the only turkeys you see getting, you know, sold or whatever, going to renaissance festivals and stuff like that because you got those big honking turkey legs and for carnivals that's the only use for turkey everything else is getting turned into cold cuts and so it's really hard to find yourself a whole turkey breast and even a whole thawed turkey fresh turkey tough to come by i can get a frozen one and thaw it for a week and then cut it up and i don't really want to do that i might have to or just wait but in the meantime you know, it's a lot like turkey and it's readily available like every day of the year. Chicken. Duh. Chicken is really easy to do. It's the same, you know, it's the same treatment, essentially, just smaller. And so I decided, and it's actually something that you can get at a lot of these same places. They also offer chicken in most cases. So I was like, you know what? Let's do some smoked chicken give it the same treatment. It's basically just salt and pepper, coarse black pepper. I did get some, um, what's the brand? I think it's McCormick's uh, Montreal chicken seasoning. And I used that on some of them, but I just took a whole pack of chicken breasts, kind of cleaned them up a little bit, salt and pepper, put some of the uh, Montreal chicken seasoning on some of them and threw them on the smoker. About three hours it took, no lie. They were on the smoke for about two and because it takes forever to get your temps up. But I got the fire going. I got my, my good bed of coals. I got my, my smoke going, got good, clean smoke, which, yeah, learning the good and the bad of smoke. Uh, and, oh, when it looks like this, it's bad. And when it looks like this, it's good. And this is the good smoke you want for flavor. And this is the bad smoke that taste like ashes yet yeah, learning all that stuff and learning to manage the fire so that I didn't you know turn all my food into toxic waste yeah tricky stuff but you got to sit there with big frosty beverage and like I, I went through my my whole water bottle sitting there tending to fire but every 15 20 minutes 
go over there and throw another uh, chunk of wood on the fire. Make sure your coals are, are distributed and it's not getting too hot. It's not getting too cold. It's not You're not losing heat. It's staying stable. That you got good smoke, not bad smoke. That, you know, you're, you're, everything's placed right. And it's just a lot. You, you know, that's where the term pitmaster definitely comes from. Is it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work working a barbecue. But, man, all I did... You know, once the go, once the meat goes on, it was really, it's kind of, you know, the grill's got it. You know, it's the, it's sitting there, it's smoking, it's, you're watching your color, you're keeping your lid closed mostly so that you don't let your heat out. And I did the chicken. I threw a couple of lengths of sausage on there. I definitely didn't need as much as I put. <laughs> I put way too much. I did two whole lengths of sausage. I could have done one, um, especially because it just wasn't as, appetizing as the good texas sausage was and then i also did because i've I've talked about my roasted potatoes before and i was like you know what maybe like i need a side to go with this and i don't have time to make sides inside because i'm going to be watching the chicken i'm going to be watching the pit i don't have time to go inside and make a potato salad or make whatever so what i did was i just took the same little round yellow potatoes that i always use Instead of dicing them up real small and doing a bunch of seasonings, I just threw them, you know, some salt, some pepper, a little olive oil to get it all stuck together, but salt and pepper with some a little bit of onion and garlic powder and threw that in just a foil, uh, one of those little foil pans, punched some holes in it and put that on the grill or in the, in the, on the, in the smoker and did smoked potatoes. And I just cut the potatoes in half to slightly smaller pieces and kind of open them up to catch more smoke. And I will say the only problem we had with it was that some of the much bigger pieces were a little uh, tougher in the middle, but still really nice and, and good, good flavor, good smoky mesquite flavor in there. But was that at one point the the heat got a little, it got a little too hot and I had the potatoes near where the heat first enters, like comes out of the firebox. And so it got really hot on there and they got a little crispy and there's a little bit of char on some of the outside of some of the potatoes. Short of that, great. They tasted great. That smoky, that mesquite smokiness in the potatoes mixed with just, you know, the simple seasonings. It's really, I mean, that is really the thing is that when you're smoking meats and and doing barbecue like this is that what you really want is the flavor of the meat or the flavor in this case the potatoes but you want that the smoke and the natural flavors of what you're cooking to come together really well you don't need a ton of extra over-the-top seasonings that's why my chicken was just salt and pepper my potatoes salt pepper onions garlic minimal you know, super light on the seasoning and just let the smoke do the work. And damn, if this was not the best chicken ever, it is so juicy and tender and it comes off, you know, I take it off the grill and bring it inside and, you know, give it a couple of minutes to rest really well. So it doesn't, you know, 
you know anything about cooking when you first take meat off of the heat then it's the juices are it's going to just dry out completely you got to let the juices kind of re re-equilibrialize so not even a word but you want the juices to redistribute in the meat so it stays in the meat doesn't just dump everywhere when you cut it so you go let your meat rest cooking lesson today let your meat rest after you take it off the heat but took all the chicken breasts off and put them and just set them on my cutting board for a couple of minutes while I kind of got plates together you know sliced up all the sausage and got everybody's plate okay you got some sausage you got some potatoes all right and they started grabbing chicken breasts and slicing into chicken breasts and if this was not the most tender chicken ever it was so great I will say I was a little too heavy on the black pepper they were the boys were immediately were saying oh this is too spicy it was like it's not spicy it's just peppery there's only things on it is salt and pepper but it was a little too heavy on the black pepper so i you know lesson learned and i definitely learned that i need bigger pieces of wood for my smoker so i have so i can walk away from it longer than it takes to get something from the kitchen and get back um but again this is my first time using this smoker, using any smoker. So this is how you learn. That was like the, the phrase of the day. Like, this is how we learn is that we try and we learn and like, okay, I learned that I need bigger chunks, that the bag of the wood chunks has too many small pieces in it that aren't going to be useful. Uh, I know I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And we actually just ordered these little baskets. They're just like mesh roller baskets to put vegetables and whatever in for the grill I was like okay this would be much better i can make potatoes in these and put all the potatoes in these baskets and i can roll them around but they'll have better circulation and they won't stick to the bottom of the pan and burn like they did like this will be great and i'll be able to kind of roll them around and stir them so they don't sit in one spot and burn has to be great for doing the smoked potatoes or smoked any other vegetables or or just putting them on the grill and roasting potatoes or or vegetables or whatever any other way It'd be great for that in any circumstance. And, you know, I got the proper thermometers that I need for, you know, maintaining. You know, you're supposed to have like probe thermometers that you can keep in there so you can monitor your temperatures and monitor the temperatures of your meat because, you know, you got to make sure you pull your meat when it gets uh, to just the right temperature. Otherwise, it'll get all dry and all this. There's so much stuff about barbecue that temperature control is crazy. But I've learned so much in the lead up to this and just this one experience and the little things that I was like, okay, for next time, I need to do this. And we already established because one entire pack of chicken from the grocery store fed us. That was dinner. And we had like two pieces of chicken left over, which are as good as gone. I think I've only got one little piece and I had that reserved from my buddy from work. I told him like, dude, I made chicken on the smoker. It's great. This is awesome. It's like the turkey we get at the barbecue place, but not as, as you know, it's a little bit milder flavor because it's chicken. And I told him I was going to save him some, so I saved him some. But we're all out of chicken. And I was like, okay, so we got to think about this bigger now. Like if I'm going to fire up the smoker and spend three hours out there cooking, it's got to be worth it. So I'm going to start, you know, when I'm making food on the grill, I'm going out there hitting, you know, firing up the the smoker and making food i'm gonna make a shit ton of it i'm gonna go over there and crack open a case of chicken and maybe make you know 
10 pounds of chicken, just make a shit ton of chicken. Make, you know, if I'm doing turkey and I absolutely plan to do turkey, I'm actually planning to smoke my turkey for Thanksgiving this year. That is my goal for Thanksgiving is to smoke the turkey. I've looked up a ton of recipes. I think I can do it. I think I'm going to tweak my chicken seasoning and do, I've talked about my herb chicken before. I think I'm going to do something like that and get an herb spice blend rub together for my chicken for smoking chicken. I think I'm going to do that again. And just lots of little things here and there, you know, get my chicken seasoning together, get, but my, I plan on smoking a whole turkey because the smoker I got, I've, I can do two turkeys in this damn thing. It's really big. I got it such a good deal. You know, this is probably, it's like a 250 you know, 200 $250 smoker I got for $150 with shipping. I couldn't beat this deal. The little basket things that I was talking about, uh, we found a one of those like super saver discount code things on Amazon that we got two of these baskets for like $25 bucks when they're normally about $85. These really expensive things. You know, and we got them for super cheap. So can't argue really can't cannot complain and so definitely going to be using this more definitely want to make more use of it learn to be a pit master and yeah i'm 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 super excited for this it's a whole new avenue of my cooking journey and my cooking expertise it's not going to stop me from you know just firing up my little charcoal grill and making some burgers or hot dogs um uh, but it's definitely going to open up a whole new avenue because between this and the meat grinder, now I could make my own sausages. I could make my own, if I got it, because it looks like I might have to, make my own Texas hot links for barbecue nights. I could make, you know, I could make my own bacon. It's a whole thing. You know, get, make, get, you know, some pork belly and, and the right seasonings and, and cure and, and smoke my own bacon and make my own bacon. It's a thing you can do. Um, there's so much, but make my own, like there's tons of different types of sausages and things that you can make when you have a smoker. And a lot of those things, most people will use like a pellet smoker or an electric smoker that you can just leave on for, you know, hours and hours and hours and let and you know, set it and forget it, you know, not me. I've got to do it the hard way. But I do thoroughly want to explore more with my smoker and my grill and fresh made all of the things. And I do want to eventually, I know my wife gets grossed out by it. You know, they always say, nobody wants to know how the sausage gets made. And I'm pretty sure I've said this before. My wife absolutely does not want to see how the sausage gets made. I do. I don't care. I want to make the sausage and I want to make the sausage and throw it out there on my own smoker and make my own smoked sausage for my family. That's what I want to do. So that's my goal. Big smoker, um, brisket, whole turkey, smoking a whole turkey for Thanksgiving. I promise I'm unless something happens, I thoroughly plan to smoke a whole turkey for Thanksgiving. That's it. It, it, I'll have to come up with a way to replicate the crack gravy that we normally get from our uh, Genio turkey of choice. Uh, 
but I thoroughly plan to smoke a turkey and we'll see about the rest of it come Thanksgiving Day. But I think that's going to be it today. I know it's just a big rambling episode, talking about a weekend, talking about smoking chickens. I have some news stuff to cover and I have a, a, a show I've been, a new show I've been watching. Uh, I did finish uh, Picard and the, the season three was definitely the fan service season. Absolutely the fan service season. The way they really brought that one together. Um, lots of Easter eggs, lots of cameos. The finale was great. The final big battle at the end was great. The, it was just all of the nostalgia bits, all of the emotions, all of the the dad feelings and everything. There, yeah, it just it gets you in the feels in so many different ways. Loved season three of Picard. Great way to go out. Definitely set up for another season or another show if they want to go that way. Like it totally sets up a hey, we know we said this is the end of the show, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to follow these characters. We're totally going to have a new show with these that's going to follow these characters if we can get everybody signed on to do it and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, two thumbs up for season three of Picard. Um, got another show I've been watching. I just started season three, final season today. I'll talk about it next time, though. But... I think that's going to do it for me this week. I know I've been doing all the other stuff, but I just, there was so much to talk about. And you know me when I get into something new, I just go on and on and on about it. And I'm, I'm turning that page in my life where I'm getting into smoked meats. And it is, it is just a chapter in my life now. <laughs> I promise I'll have the rest for next week. And until then... Remember, you can find all the past episodes, subscribe to the show, follow me on all the social medias. It's all there at odddeadoutpodcast.com. Of course, odddeadout on all the social media places. Email me with your questions or comments or just how your day's been. Show at odddeadoutpodcast.com or drop me a voicemail, 516-636-7631. That's 516-OTOPOD1. I cannot believe I'm actually remembering that number. <sighs> And until next time, oddballs, I am Adam Higgins, the odd dad out, covered in smoke. Thank you and good night.